All right, come on, good to be in church, isn't it? Good to be in church. I already said this, I'll say it one more time in case you missed it. If, you're, if it's your first time here or you're watching online for the first time, my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here, and on behalf of our staff and all our leadership, we're thrilled that you would spend a little bit of time worshiping and hearing from God's Word with us this morning. All of you in the auditorium, would you help me just show a little bit of love to everybody who's watching online, at home, or wherever you are? Come on, we're just glad that you're here watching with us. And uh, my, I got in the car last week, and um, I was, I was, there was praise lavished on me by my family because they were like, that's the fastest you've ever preached, and we didn't feel like we missed anything. And so I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. It only took me 20 plus years of ministry to finally get one within the time limit. All right, so, uh, but I'm going to try to do it again, all right? So uh, what, I, what I do have first is just one reminder before we get into the teaching for today, and that is that uh, our kids' life is going to reopen on October 11th. Now today it's actually reopening for staff and Dream Team, and we're doing that so our, our team has a small crowd to work with just to get their policies and protocols tested and make sure everything's going to work the way uh, we think it's going to work. And I trust them. Like, I trust our team. I know they have a fantastic plan in place, but I'm so excited to see blue t-shirts again and kids enjoying that space. The playground won't be open yet, uh, but on October 11th, during the 10 a.m. service, that'll be the first week of having Kids Life open. It'll continue to be only in that 10 a.m. service for a while, all right? So uh, that's not our end game. We want to open it in every service. Uh, but this is, a, this is a starting point for us, all right? This is a place we can start at, and we know we can staff it well. What we do need from you parents, if you're going to bring your kids to Kids Life, is we need you to register online ahead of time. And if you're already in our database and you have kids, you've already gotten emails from us. So check your spam and your junk folders if you haven't seen them yet. If you're not in our database, make sure you hit up that digital connection card that I'll tell you a little bit more about at the end of the service today. Get all your information in there for us. Let us know you have kids in your family. That way you'll get on the email list. You'll get all the instructions on how to register your kids for Kids Life. One other one I feel like I should mention. I didn't put it on a slide, but I just want to remind all of you. Uh, today we're now in our second week of our brand new small group semester, our fall small group semester. All of those groups are listed online. If you go to truelife.church forward slash groups, and uh, you can find all the group directory there. Some are in person, most are virtual. Um, I had a lot of fun with uh, about 12, I think there's about 12 kids from our church and, and one other dad that joined me on Wednesday night and uh, we played some video games online. And uh, if, if, listen, if that's what I have to do for kids to think their pastor's cool, I'm like, there are worse things. Can I, can I hear an amen? Yeah, and so uh, they didn't like me very much because I was better than most of them, but hey, it's all right. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Except my daughter. She, she was very proud of herself for shooting her dad in the head. It's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. Um, so I had a lot of fun. Yesterday got to coach some married couples through Zoom. Really love doing that. And, um, and I'm hearing great things from other small group leaders. There's a freedom group tonight. One of the, one of the groups that I recommend uh, the most if, that I think 100% of our church needs to experience is, is a freedom group. And so if you're still looking for a place to go, you could jump into that tonight here at the church with Pastor Perry and Penny, and, uh, and you'll get a lot out of it. All right, let's jump into the message this morning, and we're going to come back to this passage of Scripture as we're in this Choose Joy series, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. 
There's a, a prophecy in Isaiah, G- Jesus later on quotes himself. It begins with that, those words, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach good news. And, and later it says to give them the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I laid the foundation for this last week with you by saying, I think in, in our country right now, in our world really, there's a spirit of heaviness. I've seen it on church people. I've seen it on people who serve, people who normally would just be, yeah, Jesus, and church, and they, and they get out of their cars on Sunday mornings, and they're just like, Ugh. I got so used to watching online at home, and my PJs, and, and they're dragging, it. and so, and, and just everything that goes on in our, come on, how I many know, it, it only takes about five minutes of watching the news right now to just be like, Ugh. there's a spirit of heaviness. There's a spirit of heaviness that's, that, that is on so many people, and I believe God is giving us this, this four weeks, this series, to break that spirit of heaviness off of our lives. Can I hear an amen if you're in the auditorium today? We're going to break that spirit of heaviness off of our lives. We're going to receive that oil of joy. We're going to put on that garment of praise. And you know what that tells me is, if there's something I've got to put on, there's some choices involved with it. How many of you got... How many of you got up this morning and your clothes just put, got on, the, on you for you? Anybody? Anybody's clothes dress you for you this morning? Did anybody, that happen to anybody? No. Come on, this ain't Beauty and the Beast. That ain't going to happen. All right? So, no, no we, get, we have to put on. We have to decide what we're going to wear. Some, you, you, you were ironing this morning. Some of you, you're so, you're so stylish and so with it. Like, you started planning this Sunday's attire last Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you... You know what I have to do? Most Sundays I have to get on our, our video archive and be like, did I wear that last week? All right. What about two weeks ago? All right, three weeks. So I got to try, to try to make sure that I'm not just repeating myself over and over and over again. So you, you, there's, a, there's a choice. I've got to put something on. There's a, to put on the garment of praise, to have this, this spirit of joy in our lives, there's, there are choices involved. The Apostle Paul was better at this than anyone. He said, I'm, I'm sorrowful, yet I'm always rejoicing. Like, I'm just choosing to rejoice. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet processing everything. And what I'm trying to give you during this series are all the yets. Like, the world's going to be crazy, yet. Things aren't always going to go your way, yet. Come on, y'all with me? So, so we're going ha- to choose joy. We're going to choose to have joy in our lives. And I, I, can, I can preach till I'm blue in the face. You won't experience the fullness of joy unless you choose it. it is, that's why the series is called Choose Joy. There are some choices that we have to make to experience joy in our lives. And last week we started off with the most important one. And I told you every day you need to, you need to choose to pray first. Like it needs to be our first response, not our last resort. So we're going we're gonna to build a foundation in our lives through prayer, going to God first with everything in our lives. Today I'm going to give you the second choice, and honestly, out of all four weeks of this series, this is going to be the toughest one. This is going to be the hardest one. On all, it's going to be the hardest one for me to preach. It's going to be the hardest one for you to hear. It's going to be the hardest one for all of us to go actually do it in our lives. So first we're going to choose prayer Second choice today is, is to choose purity. Like if you want to experience joy in your life, you're going to have to choose prayer. You're going to have to keep your relationship with God alive and healthy. And the second thing you're going to have to choose is purity. 
And I'm not just, a lot of times when we say the word purity in church, we're talking about physical intimacy and relationships, and, and that is certainly a piece of it. But I'm talking about keeping your heart and your life pure. Keeping sin out, keeping good, God-honoring, healthy choices in. How many of y'all glad you chose today to come to church? All right, so we're going we're gonna to dig into that. And here's the thing. Anytime we talk about purity, anytime we preach about sin in church, most of us, myself included sometimes, we just kind of go, oh, no. <sighs> A lot of us are still carrying around some mental and emotional baggage that honestly, it's keeping some people from even choosing to enter into the faith. It's choosing some people, it's causing some people to keep from choosing Jesus to be, like, they're like, I don't want to come to God. I don't want to choose God because he's going to take all the fun stuff away from me. And it's this, this construct that the enemy has been very successful at building. It's a lie that he's been very successful at getting a lot of people to believe. And a lot of Christians still believe it. They're like, I'm saved, but I don't do everything the Bible says because God's just, he's going to take all my fun away. Well, no, he's not. No, he's not. In fact, the Bible's actually very clear that God is not a taker. He's a giver. Oh, y'all, I'm going to go get my amen. My, my, I think Pastor Perry left the amen sign here last week. I'm going to go get it again. and It's backstage. Don't make me. I will do it. Come on. God is not a taker. He's a giver. He, he's a giver. You want to know who the taker is? Jesus called him out in John 10.10. 10. He, he talks about the enemy with one of the words he uses to describe the enemy of your soul, Satan, more, more than any other word. More than any other word that Jesus used to describe Satan, he uses this word right here, the, the thief. God's not the thief. God's not looking to steal your fun. God's not looking to rob you of joy. Come on, everybody. It's the thief. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And what he's done a masterful, masterful job of, especially in Western society, is convincing you that the, the, the very things that he's using to rob you, to kill you, and to destroy your life are, are, are pleasurable and enjoyable. And so we go, oh, I don't want to miss out on any of those things. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have, everybody say it. Come on, one more time for the people at home, on your couch, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, you got to say it too. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. A lot of us have never really experienced life to the full. I was, I was having some time with a friend of mine before the pandemic. We were, we were out having coffee, and um, we are just kind of talking about life and God's purpose for our lives and God's plan for our lives. And, and he said something to me that really it caught me off guard, honestly, struck me. And I, I actually thought, that's kind of a bummer. That's kind of sad. And I wonder how many other people are feeling this way. He said to me, he said, you know, Michael, you're the only person I know who's just truly okay with where they're at. Like, you're just, you're just fine. Like, you're the only person I've ever seen like. And I thought, well, that's pretty terrible. Now, I don't think that I'm the only person in that person's life who's okay. I think I'm the only person that got close enough for them to see it and for them to say it which is why everybody needs to be in a small group, everybody. And, it, and it's not that I, 
have it all together. It's just, at least in that moment, the joy of the Lord must have been evident in my life and in that conversation that we were having. I'm not perfect. I don't have everything figured out. I've got, I've got my own issues and my own problems. But I do have the joy of the Lord alive on the inside of me. There, there's a fulfillment that I have on the inside. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying it from a place of gratitude and thankfulness to our Heavenly Father. That He's gotten me to a place where despite the junk that might be going on in my life or in the world around me, I'm still full of joy. It's a supernatural joy that comes from the inside. But it's really only active when I'm choosing it. There's a, there's a choice that I have to make. The first choice is prayer. The second choice is purity. I've got to steer clear of the things in my life that, that, dis, that would cause me to disobey or dishonor my Heavenly Father. Because sin, if you're following along in the app, in the notes, get ready to write them down. Sin will do some things to you. The first thing is sin just, it steals. He, remember, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so what he wants to, first thing he wants to do is he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal it away from you. That's, that's, that's why one of the first places the enemy goes in our world to try to get us to, to, to pull back from our relationship with God or to keep us from even getting into a relationship with God is to cr- try to create dysfunction in the world around us, to create dysfunction in our relationships so that he can steal the joy out of your life. Sin will steal, it steals the joy away. It, 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 what it does is it, every time I make a choice that's disobedient to God's plan for my life, and you don't need me to be your Holy Spirit this morning, you know. You know when you've made a decision and something inside of you is going, that was not the right choice. I didn't use character, I didn't use integrity. I didn't need to do that. I was selfish in that moment. That, that I know the Bible's already spoken to that, I, and I did it anyway. And, and what, what happens is immediately guilt, shame. All these things begin to build up inside of us. That's why David said, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. And in whose, in whose spirit there is no, everybody say that word right there, deceit. Do you want to feel better? Get rid of your secrets. Do you want to feel better? Choose purity. Ch- ch- go, go to God and say, hey God, I, I blew it. I messed, like I know I messed up and I'm sorry. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your son. Just go ahead and receive his forgiveness because it's always available to you. You don't need to earn it, and you don't need to have some big, long, fancy prayer to get it. Just go acknowledge that it's available to you, receive it, and then, and then make a change. Y'all with me? The, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, he said. So, you know why David wrote this? Because he's... He's responsible for one of the most famous sins in all of the Bible. And yet, he is still counted as one of the heroes of our faith. God actually calls him a man after his own heart. Remember what David did? 
He sent his army out to battle where he should have been with them, by the way. The, the first step, I'm going to help somebody this morning. You want to know the first step you take towards sin? Is to not be outdoing your God-given purpose at the time where you're supposed to be outdoing your God-given purpose. When you're holding back and not being where God wants you to be in the moment God wants you to be there, you are already, you've already taken your first step towards a, a mistake that's going to bring pain into your life. David wasn't supposed to be at the palace. David was supposed to be out leading the army. But he sent someone else to do it. And he stayed back at the palace. And from the rooftop of the palace, looked out over the homes and saw the wife of one of his leading commanders in the army, Bathsheba, bathing herself, which, by the way, was common. This is where people would go to bathe themselves. But he, she was within view of him. And he said, go get her. Somebody even said, hey, David, she's not yours. Go, he's, no, go get her. Bring her to me. And in that moment, there was adultery took place. And then David schemed for her, her husband to be sent to the front lines of the battle where he would be murdered so that he could keep her for himself. And the guilt and the shame overwhelmed David until he finally came to God and said, I did it. I'm guilty. Some of us are missing out on joy in our lives because we've never got in the habit of coming to God with the things that are creating guilt and shame in our hearts and saying, I did it, God. I'm guilty. I know nobody wants to amen right there, but that's good. <laughs> I did, I, I, guilty, I did it, God. Please forgive me. And can I just tell you something beautiful about the God we serve? Every time you come to him and say, I did it, Please forgive me. Man, I'm just telling you because of the work of Jesus on the cross, it happened so fast. Your heavenly father's like, you did what? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see anything. All, all I see is that you've been washed in the blood of my son. Come on, aren't you all thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for that? There's, there's freedom in that. My bones were wasting away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped. Some of us are feeling that right now. As in the heat of summer. Then, David makes a choice. I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you, everybody say it. You forgave the guilt of my sin. You forgave the guilt of my sin. That's why he goes on to say, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Look where David's at. He starts by being crushed, and then one choice. I'll confess. I'm going to bring it to you, God. And look how quickly his language changes. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. You want to you be able to put on the garment of praise? You want to be able to bring God the best praise? You want to you actually enjoy your times of worship with the Lord? It starts by coming to Him and saying, I confess, I did it, I'm guilty. Sin steals our joy. Sin also, it, it kills our lives. And, and I... 
I do mean physically, right? Like there's some sin choices we can make that will literally cause this body to suffer harm. But you know what else sin will do? Sin will kill your dreams. Sin will kill your career. Sin will kill your family. Sin will kill your relationships. Everything in this life that can bring joy, sin will take it away from you. It'll, it'll, it'll kill all of those things. It impacts jobs. It impacts marriages. It impacts school. It impacts everything. And that's why David said, surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. Honestly, that's where some of us are. You, you, can, you can't even wrap your head around how quickly your life went from seemingly great to suddenly it feels like you've been swept away and nothing's going the way you thought it would. And, and for a lot of us, we can, tra- we can really, we can chase that back, trace it all back to a moment where we, we knew God had a, a certain plan for us. He'd given us a, a command or an objective to go, he'd given us purpose for our lives and we said no. Or he'd given us something in his word to avoid and to stay away from because he knew it would bring pain into our lives and we, and we did it anyway. And, and suddenly we find ourselves on a slippery slope. Sin will kill your life. I know it ain't fun to listen to right now, but say amen if you understand it this morning. All right, here's the last one and then we get to the good part, all right? You ready? Sin, uh, it also destroys our identity. He came to ki- kill, steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll, st- he'll steal your joy, he'll kill your life, and he'll destroy your identity. And that's honestly, that's where some of us are. Like, you, you don't even know who you are anymore. You don't know. In fact, so, some of us have, have gotten so entangled in sin patterns that when you look in the mirror, all you see is the thing you do. And your identity has become the thing that you do. And can I just tell you, that is not God's plan for our lives. I am not defined by the things that I do. I'm defined by who my Heavenly Father says I am. I'm going to give you another chance on that one. I am not defined by the things that I do. I'm defined by who my Heavenly Father says that I am. Amen. Parents, I'm going to give you a good tip here for the moments where your kids blow it. There's a line you can use. I know this is what you did, but this is not who you are. Can I just tell you, your Heavenly Father is saying that to you all the time. I know this is what you did, but this is not who you are. You are not the things that you did. And He takes that, when we'll go to Him and we'll confess, He'll take that weight off of us. David said, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I'm, I'm bowed down and brought low. In other words, like I, 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 don't, I can't even figure out who I am. The guilt and the shame are so overwhelming. And that's what sin will do to us. It'll get you to a place where you don't even know who you are anymore. And I'm just telling you this morning, you don't have to take on the identity of the things you've done. You can go back to your Heavenly Father. He is waiting and ready to remind you who you really are and send you back out into a life of purpose and a life of joy. You can have joy. You've got to choose it. And every day you've got to choose purity in your life. Because here's the deal. 
We can't be guilty and happy at the same time. It's not possible. You can't be guilty and happy at the same time. And some of us are listening to the message right now here in the auditorium. Some are watching online at home and you're contemplating clicking off because the Holy Spirit's actually using this right now and there's guilt and shame that you've been carrying. And can I just tell you that you don't even have to wait till the end of the message today. You don't have to wait till we have a prayer moment. You can go to your Heavenly Father right now and say, oh God, that's me. Please forgive me. The, the guilt and the shame are overwhelming right now. P please, God, forgive me. I'm choosing to come to you and I'm confessing and I'm receiving the forgiveness that you've made available to me. And you know what you just did when you did that? You were actually obeying the Bible. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Now, everybody say the next word. <laughs> Nobody wants to. <laughs> this is the least favorite word in all of the Bible right here. Come on, we're going to try again. Now, repent. repent. I'm going to make you do it one more time. Now, repent of your sins and turn to God. Repent is, a, repent is one of the most misunderstood words in our Bible. All right? We hear the word repent, and especially if you grew up in any kind of church culture, uh, like, like maybe like I did. I mean, I had some great, my youth pastor, I had some great leaders in my life. Thank God that they gave me a well-rounded, healthy view of God and his word. But I also had my fair share of encounters with people who, man, they just, it, it, it just felt like every time they quoted scripture, they were doing it with a finger pointed right at you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, you need to repent. Sinner, you're awful. You're the, you're the devil. Like Bobby Boucher's mama talking about foosball. You know what I'm talking about? Like, no, it's the devil. Just that word repent, man, that's, the, that's kind of the, the feeling it has with it a lot of times. Can I just, can I give you a super clear definition of what the word repent actually means? Here it is. I'm going this way, and I realize I'm not supposed to go that way. Now I'm going to go this way, because that's the way I'm supposed to be going. That's repentance. That's it. I was going here, and I realized that's not where God wants me to go. He wants me to go over there. Thank you, Lord. That's repentance. Does that feel judgmental? Does that feel like condemnation? No. Is your heavenly Father going, hey, no, no, no. Just turn it around. That's what, that's what repentance is. So here's, I'm going to help you with this choice so you can have joy. Here's how we're going to wrap up the message today. I'm going to help you make this daily choice of purity. Which, by the way, if you get the first week right, and you go to, you go to God first in prayer every day, one of the things that will begin to happen in your prayer life is you'll begin to hear the gentle nudges and the whispers of the Holy Spirit saying, okay, hey, today, let's not lose our temper on I-95. I know none of you do that. It's probably just me. Come on, I just had one yesterday. Like, you, you know those, those, those people? I'm going down 896. And I've got a nice, safe gap between me and the car in front of me. Just enjoying my drive home. And all of a sudden, right in front of me, slam on the brakes. And I, because there's a red light. And so I just wanted to like, I wish there was a way to like intercom into the car in front of them and be like, congratulations, you got to the red light first. 
You're a whole six feet in front of me. Good job. <laughs> Come on, y'all. So we're going we're gonna to choose. We're going to choose to go to God in prayer. And what will happen is he'll start showing us the areas of our life where we need to go in prayer. He'll start saying, all right, now I want you to choose purity. So here's an area where I need you to turn. I just need you to turn. You've been heading this way. I want to point you this way. Let me give you some choices you can make every day of your life that will help you with this, this act of repentance. And repentance really is a daily, it's a daily thing. It's something that all of us need to do every single day of our lives is go to God and say, hey, God, where do you want me to turn? Where do you want me to change? So here's the first one. I'm going to daily choose to put to death my old sin nature. So there was a part of you before you came to a relationship with Jesus Christ, or for those of you who maybe you haven't come to faith yet, you're, you're being controlled by what the Bible calls the sin nature. It's the flesh. It's the cravings of our mind, will, and emotions, and our body. And that will lead us into all kinds of trouble. It will lead us into all kinds of choices that are not God-honoring. It will take us away from purity. It will lead us into sin. And so there's a choice that I have to make every single day to put that part of me to death. Because, because now I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. And so every day I have to say, that's not me anymore. Now I belong to Jesus. And every day I have to put on the new identity that has been given to me in Jesus Christ. Are you all tracking with me so far? That's why, that's why David said, wash away all my inequity and cleanse me. God, I just need you to, I need you to clean, wash, pour over me. Take, take, strip that stuff away from me. When you do that, then you can begin to do what Paul says when he says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation no obligation. Like some of us, you don't even not even sure if you agree with that right now. I, listen, I've got areas in my life where it feels like I'm obligated to sin. Like I'm, I don't know how to say no. But God does, everybody. Come on, y'all. That you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So I have no obligation to let that person on 896 know that they have no business behind, being behind the wheel of a car. Come on, y'all. I have no obligation to behave that way. I have no obligation to lose my temper. I have no obligation to continue in the old habits and the old addiction. I'm not obligated to that anymore. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, for if you live by its dictates, you're going to die. And again, it's not just a physical death. It's the, it's the stuff in your life that you care about. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. I don't know about you, but I'd rather live, and I'd rather live with some joy on the inside of me than, than constantly be dealing with death in my life. And so I have to choose every day, every day. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm this guy. I'm not that guy anymore. I'm, the, I'm this guy. I'm not the things I used to do. I'm who Jesus says I am. And there's a choice that I have to make every single day. Here's the second choice, is I'm going to daily, I should have hit the screen, I'm going to daily release my past and take another step toward freedom. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. And you know, what, you know what's keeping some of us from experiencing joy in our lives? Is you just, you don't know how to stop thinking about 
your past. And the enemy has been very successful at bringing condemnation and guilt. Just, it's, it's not even about the fact that you're making some new choices. It's that you can't let go of the bad ones you made before. And can I just help you with this a little bit? It's an illustration I've used over and over and over again. Most of you, the way you're going to get home today is in a vehicle. And when you get in the car, I want you to take note of something. The windshield is a whole lot bigger than the rearview mirror. Why? Because it's way more important to pay attention to where you're going than where you've already been. Some of us, we're not finding our way, we can't find our way through life because we're all, we, we got our seat all weird, we're all cranked up, just, you're so focused in on the rearview mirror, you're crashing, you're running into everybody, you're knocking stuff down, making a mess out of everything. Why? Because you're so overwhelmed by the guilt and the shame and you're stuck in, in the things that you used to do. But can I just tell you, when God looks at your life, he doesn't see what you used to do. He doesn't see what you did five years ago, five days ago, five minutes ago. He sees the redemption that was brought to you through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And that's all he sees. And there's freedom in that. So every day I've got to choose to choose the, I've got to choose the, the, the windshield, not the rearview mirror. And just take another step toward freedom. So David said, cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. James said, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And this, I'm just I'm telling you, this is why you need community. This is why you got to get in a group. This is why you got to get on a team and serve with other people so that, so that when you have a moment where you mess up, where the old sin nature gets control of you for a few minutes or for a few days or for a few months, you've got somebody that you can go say, hey, I blew it, and the guilt is crushing me. And you need some people who will remind you, yeah, hey, I know that's how you feel, but that's not how God sees you right now. That's why the Bible says we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people. We go to each other for healing. How many would like to be healed? I'd like to be whole. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. So when I, listen, when, I'm, when I come out of hiding and I just name the things the sin, the issues in my life, the temptations, the areas of my life where I'm being disobedient to God, when I name them and call them out and I bring them out of darkness and into light, and I say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with, this is what I'm struggling with. And I've got people in my life who can remind me of the truth about myself and what my purpose and what my calling is and how God sees me then the weight of that guilt and shame will come off my life and I can live in freedom. Which, by the way, that's what our whole freedom group is all about. It's taking you through a 13-week process to identify the baggage, to identify the stuff in the rearview mirror that you're so focused on and learn, help you learn how to lay that down and walk away from it for good and live in freedom. And all of us need it. And it's a daily choice. If I'm going to choose joy, I've got to choose every day, every day to let go of the past and take another step towards freedom. Here's the third one, and uh, whoever's on keys can come up, Michaela. I'm going to daily pursue God's plan for my life every day. 
You want to choose joy? You want to choose purity? Choose God's plan for you. Don't be like David, who was hanging at the palace when he should have been on the front lines of battle. Don't be that guy. In this season that we're in right now, it's, it's awfully tempting to just keep disengaging, to just keep disengaging, to just keep pulling back, to just keep pulling back, to just keep pulling back. I don't, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to be engaged. Don't Listen, I'm just telling you, don't go there. Instead, pursue God's plan for your life. One of the best, one of the best protections you have against sin creeping into your life is to stay busy with the things God wants you to do. Stay engaged with the things God has called you to do. David said, God, I, I need you to create in me a pure heart and, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Help, help me, help me, God. Purify my heart and then help me to stay steadfast in the purpose, in the calling, in the plan that you have for my life. Don't let me get distracted. Paul said it this way. Don't copy. Don't copy. Everybody say don't. You guys watching online at home right now? Say don't. Don't. Y'all know what don't in the Greek means. It means don't. It means don't. Don't copy. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing what? My thinking, my thought patterns. And if I'll, do, if I'll stop copying everything I see around me, if I, if I make a decision every day, my sin nature doesn't get to be in control. God's in control. God, teach me to think the way you want me to think. Rewire my thought patterns. Then, guess what? God's going to reveal his will for you. Which, again, listen, God's not a taker. He's a giver. Amen, everybody. So look what he'll do. He'll reveal his will for you, which is not boring. You're not going to miss out on anything. You're not going to have to let go of the fun. You're not going to be going through life without any pleasure or enjoyment. No, no, no. He says his will for you is good and pleasing and perfect. How many think your plan is perfect? Some of us should raise our hands because we do. Some of us are we're like, I'm that good. But it's not. Come on, it's not, everybody. God's plan is, though. God's plan is perfect. And here's the last one. I'm going to daily choose to live a life that impacts others. Which, by the way, that third one, figuring out your purpose, guess what it's always connected to? Others. Your, your purpose, no matter what. Whether it's whether you're like me and God calls you to work in a church vocationally or whether you own your own business or whether you work in a cubicle, in the, in the midst of whatever it is you're doing in your life right now, God has a plan and a purpose for your life that ultimately is meant to impact others. It's his plan. And I've got to make a choice. Some of us are just trying to, I just need to impact myself. I just need to get, take care of myself. I just need to, 
I need some more financial security. I need some more things. I need, some, I need a bigger house. I need a better title. I need some more degrees. I need more money in my 401k. It's just me, 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 me. And you're still empty. On, you're, you have no joy. So you know what God is saying today? He's saying, no, no, no. I'm meant for your life to have an impact on others. Bring healing to others. Bring hope to others. Bring joy to others. So there's a choice I have to make every day of my life that I'm not just here for myself. I'm here to have an impact on people. David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then, look what happens. David says, I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you, God. There's a purpose. My purpose is always connected. To, look what God does. Look what this journey that God takes David through. He says, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repent every day. Every day I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask, God, where, what areas of my life am I pointed this direction? And you can just take, God, take my life, aim it anywhere you need to aim it. I'll turn, I'll go, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm constantly going my own way. So God, redirect, redirect my life anywhere you need to redirect it. And as you make the choice, as you make the choice to go to God first in prayer every day, and as you make the choice every day, for purity. That God, I want to honor you with my life and I want to make choices that are obedient to you, God. What you'll find is this. Joy is more than just a feeling. It's actually a way of living. A way of living. And then you're going to have a moment where somebody sits across from you and they say, how come you seem so much more okay than me? Why is that? How do I get what you've got? And you'll say, I'm, I, it's not that I have it, it's that I choose it. Oh, come on, y'all, that'll preach right there. I, I, I choose it. I choose joy. God's teaching me how every day to choose joy. To choose joy in my life. I used to be going this way. I used to be just like you but I've learned to repent. I've, I've just learned to turn and let God be in control of my life. And it's better now. I've got joy. I'm fulfilled. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning if you would. You guys who are watching online at home, would you do the same thing? And I just want to start with those of you who you've never experienced a supernatural joy. You didn't even know that was something God could provide for you. And he can, and he wants to. It's available to you, and it starts with the first act of repentance. You've been doing life on your own. You've been doing it your own way. And maybe today, for the very first time ever, you could repent. You could turn. For the first time ever, you might say, you know what, I don't want my life to be mine anymore. I'm not even doing that great of a job with it. God, from this day on, I want my life to be yours. And if that's where you're at today, maybe the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart right now. And you, as I'm describing that, you're, you're kind of feeling like, man, that's, that's me. That's where I'm at. 
All you need to do, whether you're at home or here in the auditorium, is just talk to God. Just say, Jesus, I'm repenting today. I'm turning from being in control of my own life to you being in control of my life. I've been sinning. I've been doing things my own way. But I believe you died on the cross, Jesus. And you paid the penalty for all those wrong choices that I've been accumulating throughout my life. Three days later, you rose from the dead. And I believe that that's true. And I now receive that free gift of salvation. And I'm, I'm taking all of my junk and all of my mistakes and all of my sin and I'm laying that down at your cross. And today I receive a new life, a guilt-free life, a shame-free life. That burden is going to come off of me and a garment of praise is going to come on me. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In your name I pray. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Let me just talk to believers. Let me talk to Christians. You might have perfect church attendance. You might have big portions of your Bible memorized. You might be an avid reader of all Christian, all the Christian books that are out there and the Bible studies that are out there. But I'm just telling you, if you don't have the simple act of daily repentance, there's no amount of information, there's no amount of church going that is going to take the guilt and the weight and the burden off of your life. Why don't you just re repent? Why don't, why don't you actually make a choice today to make repentance a daily habit? Choose purity. Because choosing purity means choosing joy. Let's just have a moment today where we go to God, each one of us, and just make that, that choice fresh today. Heavenly Father, I, I come before you. God, there's moments in my life where I'm struggling, struggling to choose who you say I am over what my past says I am. I'm struggling because my, my old sin nature still wants to be in control. I got some, some old patterns and some old habits that, God, they creep back into my life sometimes and they fight for control. But today I know you want to be in control. I got some areas in my life, God, where you are gently whispering and tugging at me to go, go a different direction. And in stubbornness, sometimes I don't. But today, God, I'm, I want to make a fresh commitment to you to choose purity. I'm choosing joy, and that means choosing purity. And so every day of my life, Holy Spirit, I, I invite you every day of my life to point out the places where I'm going one direction and you want me going another one. And so and I'm going to respond with repentance. And I thank you that you're not going to do that through guilt or shame or condemnation. That's not one of the tools in your toolbox. That's the enemy who does that. So thank you, God, that you made it so easy for me to know when it's you and when it isn't. In those areas of my life where you just kind of gently said, hey, Michael, not that way. Turn this way. Today I, I submit and I surrender to you all over again, God. And every day I'm going to turn. And I pray for this church. I pray for every person who's listening to this message today, God, that you would help us to develop the habit every day of choosing purity in our lives because we want to be people who choose joy. The world needs joy. There's not a lot of it to go around right now, God. So help us with that. We love you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, would you say amen?
Amen. Amen. Well, before you go, we're going to sing one more time. I do want to remind you, though, on your phones, on your computers, online at home, uh, and in the chat, if you're in our church online experience right now, in the comments, if you're on Facebook or on YouTube, you're going to see our host post a digital connection card. It's a great way to communicate with us what's going on in your life. Maybe you need some prayer. Maybe you'd like some more information about small groups or kids ministry opening up in a few weeks. Uh, maybe you just need somebody to talk to and, and counsel you through some things. Or, or maybe today you made that decision to repent for the very first time and turn to Jesus. Would you let us know? Uh, we have a no-hassle guarantee. Nobody's going to do anything weird or start calling you every day or anything like that. We just we want to pray for you. We want to resource you and help you with whatever comes next, whatever your next step is. We'd really love it if you'd fill out that card. And you guys who are online too, you might see an online experience survey there where we're capturing some information about your experience. Let us know how church was for you today. We want to continue to tweak it and make it better while so many of you are watching online at home. You guys who are in the auditorium, would you stand up to your feet and uh, one more time and we're going to worship God before we go. Let me pray a prayer of blessing over you and then we'll uh, dismiss you. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person who's joining with us today in person and online. I pray your blessing, your favor over our lives. God, we're going to choose purity and, uh, and we're going to experience joy this week as we do that, as we choose to come to you first every day in prayer and as we choose every day to let you redirect our lives to the areas you want. God, we're going we're to experience the fullness of joy in our lives. You're not a taker. You're a giver. So I pray that you would give joy, God, uh, in abundance to each and every person today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you believe it, would you give Jesus the very best praise you can this morning as we sing one last time. God bless you guys. Come on, let's see those hands. For We'll see you next week.